Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3, and more. All on the hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are watching The Hash on Coindesk TV. You might be listening to us on the Coindesk Podcast Network. And if you are doing that, please follow us on Apple and Spotify and leave a five-star review and a comment about Wendy and Will, about how much you love them. I'm Jen Sinassi. I'm here with my co-host, Will Foxley and Wendy O. And we're going to get you all caught up on the crypto news this morning. Wendy, you got our first story. What's up? Well, the drama must continue because it wouldn't be a Wednesday without drama. Some users report issues with accessing FTX claims portal online. So apparently the FTX claim portal went live and it went down after one hour. People are upset. However, the important key pieces here, users could access their account balances as of November 11th, 2022, which is going to be the probably one of the most infamous days that go down in crypto industry. And Portal is for customers who had accounts with FTX.com, FTX US, shout out to myself, Blockfolio, shout out to myself, <laughs> FTX EU, FTX JP, and Crypto Exchange Liquid. Customers need to file by September 29th. So I'm so happy that we actually covered this today because now I know that I can go file a claim. Yay, me. <laughs> well, Wendy, did you try to file a claim and you weren't able to? Like- Honestly, I'm not even paying attention. There's so there are bankruptcy here, bankruptcy there. We're all getting bankruptcies. I don't even know how much money I had on any of these exchanges at this point, just because I pretty much wrote it off as a loss, just like I did when I lost a lot of money on Cryptopia. But that's crypto for mm-hmm. you guys. Will, fight me. I have a few thoughts here. One is, how much money do you think you're going to get back? And I'm not asking you for how much money you put in, but I, like a percentage would be interesting because I think it's going to be like pennies on the dollar for most people at best. We've, we've been taking a look at all the headlines from the FTX uh, group that's reworking the balance sheet right now. Uh, the team that is tasked with going through the Chapter 11 process. And they've spent, no joke, tens of millions of dollars in order to get this off the ground. I think the total is over $100 million at this point, just combing through the various documentation uh, that charges per hour are astronomical. 
which I guess lawyers do that. So it happens, but it doesn't help people out like Wendy or others who lost money on FTX and now are going to get even less money back because the process takes so long. We've seen this in the past with Mt. Gox, Quadriga CX, all these Chapter 11 cases involving exchanges. They take forever because there is a pile of different people who all want money from this failed business. Uh, you have to start with the debtors, then into the creditors, and then you have to go into like, the equity groups. And a lot of times people get washed out. And if they're, they're lucky, if they get something out of it at all. Jen? Yeah, this story makes you recall the entire FTX saga. So Will, like you said, the lawyers are charging astronomical amounts. I think it's like upwards of $2,000 an hour, some even more than John Jay Ray III's hourly rate. But then we also heard that um, FTX's new leadership is trying to claw back some of the funds. I don't remember the exact uh, dollar amount, but we heard that two people who are very well connected with politicians, celebrities, influencers charged millions of dollars and they were paid. That money is trying to come back under the FTX umbrella so it can be uh, redispersed. But Will, I think you're right. You know, uh, People may not get all of the funds or may not even get a large fraction of the funds that they put onto the platform. But I think I, I think it's just part of the process, right? People want to feel like something is being done about the wrong that that has been done. Like even if a little bit can be righted, I, I think the psychological piece there is important to point out. I don't know. Maybe, Wendy, you proved me wrong because you said you're just following the story and you don't really care. You've just written off your losses. I just think the psychological piece of going in and filing a claim and feeling like steps are being made can help people who were probably feeling down about this. FTX 2.0 might be a thing that happens and there might be other solutions. There might be other ways for people to participate in some kind of equity or get back a little bit more than will what you were saying if FTX 2.0 ever becomes a thing. Jen, are you our, our, our legal expert on the hash or our therapist on the hash? Because it depends on like- the day. Depends no, on the day, you know. Sometimes just, we got to get into our feelings, and sometimes we just got to state the facts. I like that. I like that. I appreciate you that for that. But honestly, you guys, we're lucky if we get back like thirty percent. Look what happened with Voyager. Bankruptcies are very expensive. They're generally meant to protect the company, not the actual clients or the people that got hurt. From what I've seen over this whole debacle, and I feel like FTX, they owe a lot of other like with the Three Arrows Capital and the Celsius and the Voyager and the BlockFi and every single crypto company out there, I feel like FTX is a creditor or debitor to them somehow, some way, shape or form. So it's like just such a big co-mingling of funds. Like who even knows what is going to happen? Who's going to get what back? This case is absolutely massive. Um, It's a lot bigger than the other Chapter 11s that we've seen recently. And uh, I feel like the only reason to go in there and file a claim is to potentially hope to get something back and then uh, pay your taxes. But It's also going to be interesting to see how many U.S. users are going to be claiming funds from FTX International and if they get those back, because technically, per the terms of service, that was a big no-no. Wendy, I think you should file so you can talk us through the journey on the show. Maybe you could do a mail filing. I'm sorry. (laughs) How about I give you my login and you do it for me? I'm done. As As the show's therapist, I will help you through this. Thank you. Cool. Let's go to the next story. Let's talk about Greenpeace USA. They published a new report outlining how they think big banks and others should be responsible for helping to move Bitcoin away from proof of work, the energy intensive mechanism behind the cryptocurrency and towards proof of stake, which they see as a better alternative for a greener future. Greenpeace USA is an affiliate of Greenpeace International. 
the believe, European-based climate organization that most people are fairly familiar with, though they don't directly work on Bitcoin. Greenpeace USA has made Bitcoin a part of its organization, and they've been going after Bitcoin for quite a while, encouraging the Bitcoin community to change the code, quote unquote. Even earlier this year, they made an interesting sculpture that was embraced by Bitcoin Twitter as being extremely badass. Uh, this story itself comes from The Verge talking about how, you know, we need to change Bitcoin a little bit. And I think JP Morgan has something to do with it. I definitely have my opinion on it. And as disclosure, I do work for a Bitcoin mining company running media for them. Jen, throw the story over to you. Well, when I read this, I immediately thought of that skull of Satoshi, which the entire Bitcoin community embraced. I don't know if Greenpeace was expecting that reaction. But, you know, if you know the community, you know to just expect the total opposite of what you want to happen. Um, Greenpeace latching onto the crypto narrative, I think, is interesting because it feels like probably the narrative that's going to get them the most attention. It feels like maybe the most edgy narrative from like a communications and marketing perspective. I think there are so many ways that they can achieve their mission of highlighting the issues that are going on with the people and the, and the planet and trying to preserve the planet. And it's interesting that they choose Bitcoin to focus on. The fact that there are so many institutional players uh, launching products that have to do with Bitcoin, I think is the key here. They're looking at some of the largest asset managers in the world who are filing for spot Bitcoin ETFs, launching Bitcoin products and Greenpeace is looking at this and saying, okay, now is the now is the time where we can get in the headlines, we can attach ourselves to these large asset managers, and maybe someone will do something. The solution that they are presenting, though, I don't know if it's the right way to go about um, encouraging discourse around this. They talk about changing the code. I assume they're talking about moving away from proof of work. But that's kind of Bitcoin's whole thing. That's what that's what keeps Bitcoin what it is. That's what kind of is one of the things that makes it not a security. And so I would love for Greenpeace to go out there and latch on to narratives that have to do with, you know, renewable mining. You know, I love to shill gridless on this show. I think if we look at projects that are creating value for all stakeholders and look at how maybe that offsets some of the energy consumption, we could have uh, a better discourse around this. Wendy, what do you think? You guys aren't going to like what I have to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. I don't think Bitcoin is really that bad for the environment. I feel like it is a just Why would a pretty... we not like that? We you know, agree. it just, it, it just, a te- well, hold on. Jen, because we're not supposed I ha- to sides on the show. I have to, cause, because you guys, I'm just tired of hearing about Bitcoin is bad for the environment. Like everybody says Bitcoin is bad for the environment and they're sitting there tweeting it from their iPhone or their Android phone. And then they go flying in their private jets and they're going here and they're going there and they're doing this and they're leaving this carbon footprint. I mean, the president of El Salvador literally solved the issue is using the 100% geothermal energy generated from volcanoes to, you know, power on Bitcoin. Like it is okay. Things are going to be okay. I feel like the world is focusing or actually not even the world. Public servants are focusing on problems that don't necessarily exist. Yes, it is important to say Bitcoin does X to the environment. But when you really take a step back and you look at all the other things that we do use, they're just playing like 10D chess with us. And at this point, we need to take a step back and say enough is enough. I agree with you. But I do work in a Bitcoin mining company, so it might be a little little biased as well. (laughs) But no, I, I think it's a fair point. Greenpeace USA has been running this campaign for, I believe, about two years. They were funded by Ripple, I believe. Uh, and fact check on that. We'll take a look at that over the break. But I'm like 95% certain that that was a lot of their paycheck for running this campaign. And Ripple is a competitor to Bitcoin in a lot of ways, right? Like they're not proof of work, they're an alternative asset. And that's why they would push forward with that. 
on the uh, Greenpeace front, like it makes sense for them to jump into this, right? Because there's a lot of money flowing into Bitcoin these days, especially if an ETF goes live. For them to push this research, which they've actually sort of been shuffling around the board for a few years now and just keep like rebranding it is not that surprising. It's a really good time for them to do it with all the money floating in. And the conversation for Bitcoin hasn't really changed too much, right? Because Bitcoin hasn't changed and the proponents of Bitcoin aren't willing to change the code at this point either. And they seem increasingly unlikely to. All right, we're going to leave it there. Digital toy company Cryptoys is integrating kid-friendly AI chatbots into NFTs. The company's chat guardian will allow kids to play and interact with their NFTs while allowing parents to filter and control conversations. Wendy, I'm going to kick this one off to you as the only parent on this show. What do you think of this? Would you allow your child to, to use this? Heck yeah, I would with adult supervision, of course. I don't let my daughter use any type of tech things without mommy's oversight because I'm just that type of parent. I'm not a helicopter mom, but I need to know what she's doing. I need to know what's going on over here. So I think that this is a super cool thing. I feel like the faster we get our kids understanding what AI is, understanding what crypto is and NFT digital collectibles, the better chance that they have at doing well in life in the future because tech moves so fast. So I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, I, do we know how expensive it is? Because I bought this project for my daughter and it was super expensive. I paid like 10 grand for it. It was in the bull market and we didn't have that fun with it. But does anybody know how expensive this is or what the estimated cost is going to be? I your it- kid. Yeah, same, Wendy. Yeah. Well, you want to adopt us? Yeah, sure. <laughs> 10 grand. <laughs> yeah, but it was in the bull market. Everybody was throwing, you know, we were all making it rain here and there. But I think it's a great idea and I'm excited to see more projects come out like this. The only thing I will say is we do need to keep the cost down, especially if we want everybody to interact um, from all different walks of life because things are expensive and we're in a recession. But I love it. I'm into it. AI, chatbot, NFTs, crypto. What's not to love? Toys? It's like all Gotta get our kids to buy our bags early. That's all (laughs) I see with this story. Now, the thing that I really took away from this is cryptoys might be the most fun word I've heard in quite a yeah. while. I think we should all say it a few times, cryptoways. Uh, but no, the, the general thing here does make sense. Like let's make an NFT project here. Most kids are using their phones. I would love to see like the average age like a, a person now has an iPhone or has a smartphone. I'm assuming that it just continues to get lower and lower to where most people have it you know, by the time they're like able to read and write. And so if you're going to add some sort of functionality along with it, why not make it a toy? Something that they, they have like in a personal and real life. We have that a lot with like sneaker projects where you'll be able to have like a sneaker on your phone that you designed yourself and then it ships to you. And there's an NFT tag associated with both those things. Those are like projects that became interesting and relevant during the last bull market. So it's not surprising to see it with toys as well. The last thing I thought of was my favorite, the pungy, the pudgy penguins, the pengus, if you will, which also have been working on some licensing deals alongside their project. And they sort of, sort of did it the other way around, right? Where they were like, let's make an NFT collection and then we'll license it out and make some fun stuff like stuffed animals here. They seem to be doing it the other way where they've made the toy. Now we can have the NFT version of the toy to authenticate your toy. So it's a thing. And I like the name. So I actually give tacit approval for this one. I can't wait until the pudgy penguins can talk to me. That will be the day. Maybe they can even do the show. I imagine a world when I read this story, I imagine a future where, you know, like every kid has their NFT that's like their babysitter and friend and tutor and study buddy. And this 
this AI learns the kid and the kid learns the AI and it's just like their own personal assistant. It is a crazy world for me to think about. It feels very Black Mirror-ish, but I think that both of you are absolutely right. This is this is where things are going. It feels like chat GPT or a Google Home for children. So I think it's smart. And Wendy, I agree with you. I hope that it is affordable. And if it's not, I think as it becomes more mainstream, as more projects start to do this, the price will be driven down. So it becomes more accessible. But that's all I got on Cryptoys. Really quickly, the name. Absolutely outstanding. Marketing 1010. Whoever came up with this (laughs) name, whoever their PR team is, whoever their marketing team is, give them a raise. This is a great name. I just hope they execute the marketing properly. They create a TikTok. They create a thread. That's always some advice I give all of my clients for consulting because you have to have a strong social media presence. And I feel like this could does have um, virality over here. So come to the hash, get free marketing advice from Wendy O, if not for anything else. (laughs) Exactly. All right, guys, we are going to leave it there. I'm going to go check out some cryptoys. Thanks so much for joining the hash today. I'm Jen Snassi, Will Foxley, and Wendy O, we're here as always. We will see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Bye. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcast at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.